What's going on, Wildcatters? It's Jake Corley here with Digital Wildcatters and want to give you guys a quick update. Six years ago, Colin and I came up with the idea of bringing a South by Southwest style event of energy to Houston. And this October, we're manifesting this dream into reality. Is it a crazy idea? Absolutely. Because our mission of Fuse is to bring together the builders and the innovators in energy that are transforming how we produce, distribute, and store energy. But in order to do that, we have to bring together all subsectors of energy, oil and gas, renewables, hydrogen, nuclear, geothermal, utilities, and battery technology. This is unlike anything the world has ever seen before. And on top of that, we're taking over five city blocks in East Downtown Houston, four stages with three content tracks, seven venues, and expecting north of 2,000 attendees. If you're looking to showcase your technology, we've got expo space for about 100 companies, as well as the opportunity to demo your tech live on stage. Come join us October 26th and 27th here in Houston to experience more opportunities for networking, learning, brainstorming, and career-changing connections than ever before at Fuse 22. Tickets are now on sale at digitalwildcatters.com forward slash Fuse, F-U-Z-E. Welcome to Tripping Over the Barrel, a series that highlights the unique personalities within the oil and gas industry and the stories they have to share with your hosts and lead storytellers, Tilo and Dr. Funkenstein. Tripping over the tripping over the spot. What do, what do we have here? Our last episode ever for Tripping Over the Barrel, and there's no better way to wrap up this podcast than with five of Tim's very funny and very close former colleagues from back in the day with Spotfire. Uh, I know everybody on this call at least a little bit. Um, a lot of big personalities, really representative of the splash that you guys were able to make, especially in the oil and gas industry early on. Um, and I know Tim, you know, to a man would say those were the best and most fun years of his career. So you guys have stories for days. It's endless. And I'm just really excited to bring you all on and, and uh, talk Tim, roast Tim, tell some Tibco stories, tell some Spotfire uh, stories from back in the day, and, um, and just let it all rip. With that, we'll start with a couple of our returning guests, um, starting with Rock and then Laura Dye, uh, and then Joe, John, and, and Peter Allen. You guys can follow up with some brief introductions, and we'll get into story time. Great. So you just want an introduction? I'm yeah. Rokinovich. I I was responsible for trying not to get into the oil and gas business, and and was overruled by the rest of the people on the on the podcast here, <laughs> um, over and over again, and was uh, constantly accused of not having any idea of what I was doing back here. But it was they they were stuck with me because I had to make the calls anyway. So that's who I am. Living in Boston. <laughs> And living in Boston. That's right. Laura Dye, how about you? What are you up to since we last had you on the pod? I am in North Carolina farming. Um, but uh, I used to uh, work with Tim. I managed John Denning, um, which was my. <laughs> Actually, John was my manager. Uh, but anyway, uh, Tim was my, my, my running buddy. <clears throat> Better known as Mr. Die. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Die. <laughs> nice. How about you, JT? 
<clears throat> so yeah, and um, JT Joseph Taylor actually, and uh, heck, I think I was energy employee number one, and Tim was number two. Wow. <clears throat> that quickly became number one. So <laughs> only person I met that had a personality bigger than mine. So uh, he's, uh, he's 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 really good guy. No, and I, I heard rumor that he may have gone to Texas A&M. He may have mentioned <laughs> that twice. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny. I don't know. Peter, how about you? And then we'll jump to John. Yeah, Peter Allen, Katy, Texas. Uh, Tim brought me on uh, to Spotfire. Uh, we worked together at uh, Slumberjay. Actually, I met him there. And we both worked for John Denning there, and we reunited at Spotfire. So I, I knew Tim professionally for at least 15 years. And uh, great guy, and miss him dearly. Indeed. And did, you guys know that my, did you guys know that my first job in a technology company was with Slumberjay? No. Never knew that. I'll tell you about that in a second. Go no ahead, wonder John. you didn't want to get back into oil and gas. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, you know you knew Tim professionally for 15 years. How long did you know him? I'm professionally. <laughs> a, lot more, a lot more than that. Most of those 15 years, especially after 5 p.m. Yes. <laughs> How about you, John? Juan? My turn. Okay. Well, we have lots of fun uh, experiences with Tim, but, you know, basically I, 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 I knew Tim at Slumberjay, as Peter mentioned, and worked with him when we, uh, Slumberjay acquired the company he was working for, <laughs> ORM. Um, anyway, I, Tim was completely responsible for me to, to be able to join, uh, Spotfire. Um, I had, uh, I had, he, rep he, I approached him when I was looking for a change. And he said, well, you know, phone David Hadfield. Well, <laughs> that was, that was a, a chore in itself to get hold of him. But finally <laughs> I got hold of him and, and, and uh, got an interview and came down to, to, to uh, Somerville to meet rock and a few of the others and, and joined and then uh, was put in charge of, of, of um, launching or at least expanding the energy sector. And, so um, that was my entry into Spotfire through Tim. Just over a couple ribs at Red Bones or something like that, Somerville. Well, yeah, um, alcohol was involved, <laughs> but you know that's you know, that just it just was part of the discussion, right? But yeah, he he was so enthusiastic about Spotfire. I saw him at trade shows, a couple of trade shows when he was just joining Spotfire, and I was just blown away by the capabilities of that software. And I got really excited about it. So that was my, that was my desire to try to join the company. And apparently I mean, it, Tim it was, still is was cool. really the, he was the evangelist, yeah. you know, so he was the one that, you know, from a technical perspective that sort of provided so much guidance and, and, you know, sort of led us through that, that path that went through chemicals, you know, in, initially, and then ultimately into oil and gas and, it you know really responsible for a lot of the the you know the key success like asking those really profound questions like where the hell are the maps <laughs> 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 right 
they, they looked at it, they said, there's no maps. We can't use this stuff. There's no maps. Said, okay, we'll put maps in, you know. So. That's, seems like a good place to start, right? <laughs> if you want to visualize things on a spatial area, maybe a map. Um, I want to, I want to dive into some of the stories. So, you know, Tim was your quintessential, awesome, awesome sales engineer, subject matter expert. Um, I remember going into demos with him when he was showing Valnav or AFE Navigator and even more than how well he knew the product, which products, which was very well. He just had a deep understanding of how to talk to and present to people. But he also did some completely boneheaded things sometimes too, like talk too much and and we'll get into that. But I'm curious, uh, (laughs) what are some of the Tim stories that you guys can remember? Maybe customer facing things when you're in the room with him or just anything from having crazy nights out. I'm curious because I know that you guys had a lot of fun. Well, I think I said it last time when we were talking, and I, I, I can comfortably say this in front of Rock now, but I, I still couldn't believe they paid us to have so much fun. Nice. <laughs> Man, he and I used to talk about that. It's like, okay, this is a Ponzi scheme. This can't be, <laughs> this can't be real. And we got, we'd always call each other up. Every time we had a deal that closed, we'd call each other because we'd think, okay, this has bought us another six months. And so we were just living six months into the future because it's like, that was it. And the other thing was never answer your phone on Friday. And nice. so it's like, uh, they'll never fire us today so they can only do it Monday. But yeah, it was, it, 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 to that point, it, it really was unreal that we were being, that we were being paid to do what it was that we were, we were doing. <clears throat> we were always messing with each other. We were always pulling stunts. And uh, I remember one of the first stunts that Tim pulled on me was we were, uh, he was coming over to my house. We were prepping for a, for a meeting and he was supposed to be there. He said, I'll be, I'll be there in 30 minutes. And so anyway, right after that, the doorbell rings and it's Tim. And so I answer it and I have like no makeup on. I'm in my robe and I just open the door and I just shut it. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, No, we were always messing with each other. And we were always messing with John too. Yeah, I'll I'll second that motion. (laughs) You know, one thing that was unique about you guys is you were really the only other office that we had anywhere. Right. We I mean, you, were, you, you were really co-located more than, than any, any, anybody else was in the, you know, the whole rest of the company, you know, we did, yeah. even with pharmaceutical, we didn't have any, you know, everybody was everywhere. Right. So you yeah. guys had an office and it was, you know, so that I think part of the, you know, the, what, you know, you were, it was a little bit of an us against them, you know, as you were sort of trying to convince us of doing stuff, but you had that great cohesion as a team. You know, uh, I'm glad to hear, Joe, that you 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 actually thought at some point that you were going to get fired. We never even considered that. You know, you guys were <laughs> you guys were the gold standard when it came to a team. You know how that how a team worked together. You know, so we did have a great cohesive team. You really yeah. did. Yeah. And and the say what you want to say and not and like I say, there there are zero filters that we have, whether there's alcohol or not. And I don't drink, so that so I, it behooves me to to keep up with the with the drinkers when it comes to 
being able to hold your own. But yeah, it was, I, I never felt the entire time that I was there that, that there was something that was said that was insensitive or, or hurt my feelings or, or, or things of that sort. <clears throat> and Tim, he could, he could always connect to people. I think simply because he knew people nowhere, no matter where he went. And so I even know now in those pearly gates, God's thinking, Oh man, God, he's here now. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, but yeah, he, it didn't matter. We can be in some of the most obscure places. He'd always run. It's like, dude, you know, everybody. And he was also, before there was Google, he was the oh Google guy. I mean, it was tons of worthless information, but man, <laughs> he could tell you the most worthless stuff that was just 100%. so entertaining and engaging. But yeah, he he had information. You wanted him on your Trivial Pursuit team. Absolutely, right. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, we had... Uh, Rock to your to your point about uh, uh, sort of uh, having an office. Yeah, we had an office. We were you know we were remote, but you know we were in the because we were energy. We had to be located in Houston, and and right. so I I had the advantage of of joining the company, and then uh, um, I, I shouldn't say this publicly for Laura and Tim, but uh, or, or Peter that I had the disadvantage of of reaching out and hiring them <laughs> because no, it's not that I'm being sarcastic. The fact that, you know, that, the, that the group had the experience in the energy vertical um, propelled us to be, you know, and, and the personalities and I saw the personalities and my style was um, it, it's, you can't fence in, folks that really know what they're doing and what they're saying. And, and Tim being Tim would always add humor to meetings. And, you know, I would try to, on a, on a, on a, on a note or two, I try to have a serious meeting. Well, that was, that was impossible. Yeah. Good luck. Just because, you know, to get, you know, but any, everybody had something to contribute and, and Tim would always inject humor in a meeting or even in a client meeting. Um, he would, he would pull people in, to what we were saying, because not only for the technology, but from who he was and what he, how mm -hmm. he presented himself and people just warmed up to him immediately. Right. I One think I learned I from Tim. Tim and, Tim and Joe sort of shared the same characteristic. They had so much self-confidence and then so much confidence in the product. Mm -hmm. And that just, that just came across, you know, they, you know, they just, uh, you know, Tim would tell you that it could do anything. You know, the answer was always yes. You know, you just had to make a phone call back to Somerville every once in a while. So. And that's one of the reasons I started wearing my hair uh, a little bit shorter because people got us confused all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, not Tim. Come on. So, yeah, I, so it's like, you know what? I'm just cutting my hair. So he's the reason why I never was able to grow long hair. Because when he started growing that goatee, I was like, okay, Tim. You really are going to screw them up now with that go-to. <laughs> How will they ever know? We've actually walked into a couple of customers and said we were brothers and just a look on people's faces. <laughs> I remember. It's like, are you just like, no, no, we're, 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 we're brothers. Like, but, but, and, and, and in Texas, it just always got a rub because no one was going to say anything, but it was just a look on people's face. But yeah. <laughs> That's tremendous. So let, yeah, me, let, me tell this, let me tell a quick let me tell a quick Joe story. Okay. So, 
So you guys all remember that, you know, in all of our kickoff meetings, we did those videos and there was like a combination of, of, uh, you know, some live action stuff. My brother actually did some, some of the animated pieces and then, and that we always got some, some lounge singer to, you know, to do a, you know, some sort of a song. And, and then the one year we wrote literally my daughter and her boyfriend helped me write the lyrics to a rap song. And then we had all of the different, we had all of the different employees, you know, do parts of the rap song on part of the, the video. And right after that, I went up to Joe. I said, what'd you think? He said, lots of white people. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. He probably wasn't wrong. Peter, I know you've been Joe, itching. It's right. pretty hard something. to be. <laughs> to be overly sensitive in that environment. Yeah. You had to wear a helmet to work. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Peter. Now the Aggie culture, you know, we've been, so I grew up in Western New York and you know, I go out to meetings with Tim and, you know, first thing you do is you remember he used to bang his Aggie ring on the table as if to call the meeting yeah. or order. And then he'd scan the room and they, you know, they do this Aggie thing. And uh, that's true. We leave a meeting, and you know, I was fairly perceptive in meetings, trying to figure out who's in charge and what's going on. But Tim, while he was doing the demo, could just through osmosis, through Aggie osmosis, we leave, and he goes, "So you know who the decision maker is, right?" And I went, and he go, "No, this guy reports to this guy. He's the man, or he's she's the woman." But by you know, you could tell just by looking across the room when they graduated, right. what they did. And like, you know, it was the Aggie culture that I was completely clueless about. So I, he taught me that. And that was, mm -hmm. and he brought me to A&M once for my burger with death with uh, soaked in Tabasco, piled on with jalapenos. And he thought he was going to just knock me out. It was at the, uh, they called it the chicken Scientology lab. It was really called the, uh, the no, the poultry Scientology lab, which was the, their name for the Dixie chicken. So he takes me up there and see, he thinks he's going to blow my doors off. I took one bite of this burger and looked at him and went, you think that's hot? He believe <laughs> so Karen, if you ever see this, you know, you know, well, the Dixie chicken and most of y'all do too. That was my Dixie chicken story. And so for, I've got a lot of beer related stories to tell about Tim. I know we all do, but I got one and Karen would remember this too, that doesn't involve beer. We were celebrating a deal in Denver. And I said, well, before we go out and drink beer, Tim, I'm going to treat you to a haircut. So we went to gentlemen's quarters across the street from the uh, Oxford hotel. Some, and I don't get $40 haircuts, but today I thought, let's, let's, Tim, you need to, you need, you know, you need to look sharp. So I you, take um, over the, did, uh, Peter, did you put that on your expense report? <laughs> how did you pay for that? What did you call that? Yeah. Well, yeah, the answer is yes, and wait to hear the rest of the story. So we went in the gentleman's quarters, and it's fancy, and they do haircuts, back massages, manicures. And I said, whatever you want, you just go for it, and I'm going to get a haircut. So I, I had a haircut, and I go out to the, the waiting room and in the lounge. I'm sitting in a big leather chair going, it's time to drink a beer. What the heck is he doing? <laughs> and he's in there for another 45 minutes. I'm going, so finally I got up and said, the receptionist, is, this, is Tim still here? Oh, yeah, he's he's almost done with his earwax. 
<laughs> comes out, his ears are beet red, like I'm like glowing. And he goes, he goes, man, that that hurt. And I said, what the heck did you do to yourself? And he goes, well, you know, I had fuzzy ears, so I got an earwax. <laughs> and he goes, but Kyron's going to be really happy. So we. We walk out, go across the street for a beer, and his ears are just glowing red. <laughs> but that was, uh, and so, yeah, whoever asked the question, I think we had a $200 haircut. Uh, and wow. somehow, somehow that uh, went on Spotfire's books one way or the other. <laughs> Small I, I hope you actually put earwax on there because then that, that, that would have... <laughs> Yep, that would have given the finance team a, a, a you know, they would have understood. You say, you know, it's that Houston group, you know. Wow. <laughs> down there. I don't know what they are. Just go ahead and pay it out. <laughs> yeah, I had to approve those expense accounts, and I thought, geez, this is a test to move this stuff over to Somerville, but we never got pushback from you guys at all. Yeah, I don't think they, I don't think they want to talk to us. It's like, yeah, you know what? It's not worth it yet. <laughs> We were foreigners. Speaking of foreigners, yeah. when I first joined or about to join Spotfire, I said, well, Tim, what's the license model? Well, <laughs> that in and of itself had a conversation. We had carry-on carry conversations when we were in Spotfire. But I remember, um, I remember him saying, John, you're probably not going to like to hear this, but it's it, it's subscription. I said, oh, well, you know, okay, that's a challenge. He said, It'll work, but you know you're you're going to have to try to convince the folks in in Somerville that this model does work. And you know we did make it work, but you know we brought Rock and the the senior management team kicking and screaming into kind of oh, yeah. tweaking oh, the license model. And mm -hmm. there would be times when we'd get you know Tim would be in the room and and we'd be in conference calls with David or Rock or whomever, and <clears throat> This this won't work. We get pushed back. Well, you know, Tim would roll his eyes saying, see, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we we abided by the senior manager. But as we progressed, there was times when we kind of do some bigger deals around not the license model of choice. Yeah. I'm glad I never heard like the aftermath of those phone calls, you know, back with Somerville, you know. <laughs> Tina said, like, those idiots, you know, up there, you know. You were, but, Rock, you were always the level-headed one. David was the guy that, and I well, remember the time. Yeah, he David saying, had a pretty low bar, though, you know. Yeah. <laughs> one time he's saying, if someone says anything else to me about an enterprise model, what was it, a enterprise model, I'm going to kill him. I was like, uh, never mind. <laughs> I remember when I closed the first concurrent, right? And Rock calls me on the phone, and he's screaming at me. And I literally just took the receiver and I was going, da, 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 da. <laughs> There was a lot of trust in that, Rock. And, you know, and, and Tim was very supportive of, of the current model, but he knew what we were up against. But there was a lot of support from you guys because you, you were patient with us. And, Tim, Tim was the one that basically was the the glue that bond, uh, bond yeah. between um, Somerville and what we were trying to do. And he would always put rational talk around 
what we were trying to do, but what was real in terms of yeah. what would be approved by Somerville. But uh, he, think, John, didn't you send, he knew didn't he, you, he knew his yeah. way through that. Yeah. Didn't you I send think, Tim over to Australia once or twice? No. Was that you? No, that was David Mead. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, who did we send over to Saudi Arabia? I don't know, but they never came back. Yeah, yeah. And we said we would never speak of that again, Rock. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> so I think that one of the things that customers picked up on um, was how much fun we all had. Yes. Yeah. No. And I think they, I remember, because uh, we were, you know, like I said, we were always pulling pranks on on each other. And I remember one of the first presentations, it was a big presentation it was at, out at Anadarko in their theater room, yeah, right? Yeah. And so it was me and Tim and, you know, we we're getting ready to start and he goes, I'm going to run to the restroom real quick. And so I ran up to his computer and I changed his uh, screensaver. <laughs> and so, you know, he didn't, of course, he didn't notice it when he came in. He could, his, his, uh, his screensaver wasn't on. But anyway, so he starts talking and he's not looking at the big, huge screen behind him. And the, sc the screensaver kicks in and it's a 3D um it says, hi, my name is Timmy. And it starts. <laughs> I love it. And I did that too. Actually at Chevron, I checked him in one time and said, I'll get you passed. Don't worry. I'll get your name tag. And so I wrote Timmy on it too. And so he, he sat there at the conference table, this big meeting the whole time. And it says Timmy. And so finally somebody at the end says, thanks a lot, Timmy. I'm <laughs> It's bad. Oh, God. That, that was the thing about us is there was never a, you know, because normally it's like, okay, well, then when there's adults in the room, okay, stop the horse play and right. just, I mean, that just kicked right. it up a level. Right. So if it was a customer meeting, didn't matter. I want to see how this person's going to respond. And it, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, pre it was pretty funny. <clears throat> I remember when yeah. I took Tim up to Calgary one time and it was, you know, it was winter. Um, and, you know, Tim had, He'd been to Boston and he'd seen the cold weather and he, but he'd being a Southern boy. Well, a cold front came in. It was probably 30, 35 below zero. And he, he, we came out of the hotel and he said, how do you people live in this environment? And he just was so cold the whole time. But, you know, um, he, he, he turned to me and he said, at least I got some layers on that keep me warm. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Oh. Yeah, Tim Tim definitely liked the cold. I, I've said this a few times, but I remember we were out at Elway's in, in Denver one time and it started to snow really hard. And he he walked out and I and I was like, You gonna take a cab or something? Like it's snowing pretty hard. He's like, No, I'm gonna walk to my hotel. And it was so wet and so thick that he had to stop at like the 7-Eleven for a while to make it stop. And still walked on, but I was like, man, most Houstonians would be like, I'm not going outside. You kidding me? I'm not going to touch that stuff. And Tim was just like <laughs> a big, a big fun kid, you know? How long did you guys all work together? Who, who were like the longest tenured? How what was he there for? Like seven years or something? Uh, yeah. So she was there from 2000 to maybe 08, I want to say. Yeah. 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 Cause I'd, uh, cause I, right about the time he left, I'd become manager over the 
pre-sales team. And and two things that happened. First, the energy team left me with this guy. I won't call any names. Oh. This guy was uh, was an onion. And, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, Tim, I have the utmost respect for you. How did this guy get past you? And then, of course, he explained it. So that was one issue I had to deal with. And the other one was Tim's, Tim leaving. And it's like, no. I was like, oh, great. man, dude, you can have this job. Because um, the first thing I did when I took the job was I promoted him. And, um, and so he and I were like same level. And I even told him, like, dude, you stay. You can have this job. I mean, I, don't, I do not want you to leave. But, yeah, the opportunity he had was just <clears throat> immense. Like, hey, they're going to give you a portion of the company. I was like, I'll give you one of my kids. I mean, I was, I was willing to deal on But I think Energy Navigator won out in that, in that particular case. When Tim yeah. told me he was leaving, he took me to lunch. And I had a meeting down at Greenway Plaza after that. And I walked out, got in my car, and headed to the meeting and just cried the whole way. Yeah. He had, he had, he was just so wonderful. I did too. Huh? I cried too. Wow. Yes, you did. That's amazing. <laughs> no, that was a huge loss. It was a huge loss. Yeah. 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 We managed to motor on, but, but. It definitely was not the same. And that I, I will say it was far from the same. Still yeah. good, but different. Yeah. The first really sales different. conference, the, the first sales conference that, that I was present in, and I think um, was, um, we went to the Bahamas and I asked Tim before, he said, I said, uh, what's the, what are these like? And he said, um, it's a party looking for a software solution. <laughs> and he basically he said, you know, there, there's a history that that we have that that basically, but it's it, we do get things done. It's a great time, but it's a bonding it's a bonding ex exercise that you never forget. And he was right. It was it yes. was very very moving for me personally. The Bahamas was your first. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Was it? I would have thought you were here before. Yeah, we, had, we had some others in. in uh, well, I remember the Bahamas. Uh, I shouldn't because I uh, remember um, there was some times when we wouldn't even remember what went on. But it was <laughs> Bahamas was Bahamas was one of those where it because typically you know we do half work half meeting, yeah. uh, but the Bahamas was just all celebration. I mean, we do a one hour you know, presentation meeting. And I remember one day Chris came in and he was just blasted. Cause I'm, he calls me up into the room in my room the night before and he'd been drinking and he's cursing and what are you doing? Get, get your A down here. I'm like, man, he's never spoken to me like this before. He's like, how much alcohol do you have in your mini bars? Like, I don't, everything now, I don't drink. He's like, well, shut up and bring it effing down here. So <laughs> I did. The next day he crawls up in here and he is hurting. And he was like, Joe, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you just tell them to shut the F up and let's get out of here. And, <laughs> and he and it was like, but yeah, that was that was one of those times where I think we really were about 99.9% play and about 1% work. I mean, that was definitely enjoyable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. Gosh. I remember the conference that we had where we had the paintball thing. Oh yeah. Oh jeez. Oh yeah. When that that was Connecticut, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a mess. Yeah. 
We ganged know. up on David Hadfield, I remember. Oh, really? I did. I, they, they finally, they called, you know, stop. And, <laughs> and I didn't hear it. And David, I just sat there and just blasted David. Falls <laughs> <laughs> over and drops all the paintballs. And finally, the whoever was, you know, the referee told me to stop. But anyway, that was great. Peter, hey, Jeremy, uh, so you yeah. worked with Tim, um, yeah. you know, and I, something just hit me with listening to everybody talk. Um, and I sold software before and after working with Tim. And this was just a revelation I just had. The, the tone he said in the meeting, and I think Laura mentioned this, um, was one of, we all got along. We were obviously having a good time. And I think that was immediately transmitted to our audience. And instead of a tension vendor uh, client thing, it was, it had a very different vibe. Yes. And it just, and I didn't, and the reason I never thought about it until now was that that's always the way it was. We did, we Uh couldn't operate any other way. That was just our culture. And I, and it hasn't happened to me since. And, and I'm looking back on it, Rock and John is, you know, as managers of the company, it was remarkable now that I think back on it to go into a room and just have this, the, the buzz and the, the, the aura in the room of, we have great software. Well, sure, a lot of people have great software, but we're, we're here, the team, and, our, and we all get along, like Laura said, joking with the screen. That doesn't happen these days. And looking back on it, I think it's really remarkable. I think Tim set the tone and Joe did to a large extent too. And you guys were, even though you're slightly different culturally, uh, when it came down to selling software, you were very, very similar. So that was just uh, a little observation I just had. And I always like, I always like when, when we merge with tip, tipco, that tipco aggression here, uh, going into uh, meetings with those guys and how their eyeballs would just like widen up whenever we start presenting because it's like oh my god we never say that in front of a customer it's like dude <laughs> <you're lying." laughs> this is this is what this is what we do but yeah they would freak the f out yeah. whenever we presented yeah. around them I mean it drove them nuts it's like man this is how it gets done yeah right. it was authentic yeah yeah, yeah. authentic exactly that's a that is right. a great word for it. I remember I went into a meeting with a CTO and I can't remember the woman. Um, and I think she used to work at Marathon, but anyway, she was just moved over to another company who was a CTO and brought us in and uh, we were sitting around a conference table and they were really trying to trip us up. And Tim was sitting next to the CTO. And um, so anyway, they tried to trip us up and they said, well, here, you know, it, you know, demos are all great, but take our spreadsheet and see what you can do with it. Right. So yeah. Tim did the spreadsheet, right? And she's the whole time kind of looking at him. You know, she's sitting, I mean, he's taller than her. And she's looking at him. And then, you know, they would ask him a question like, can you do, you know, da 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 And Tim looked at him and goes, oh, like this? You know? And everybody <laughs> yeah. just like falls out of their chair. But this woman, the CTO, the whole time he's presenting, just starts looking up at him like she was so proud of her son. You know, it was like this was her son, and she was so proud. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. It was great. You know, I'm remembering one. Um, so this was John, and maybe you can fill this in. But it was a, it was a meeting that we initiated from Somerville down in Houston with Anderson Consulting, 
And, and so I ended up calling Tim and saying, could you come in with me? You know, cause you guys were all busy and it really wasn't a, we were trying to get to their industry leader to get to the, you know, yeah. the, to the people they work with in the industry. And so I, I don't want to waste any of your guys' time, but, but, you know, I needed Tim and we, we were sitting in there and like a whole bunch of, you know, how Anderson would fill a room, you know, they just like all these different people who the hell knew who they were. And they said, well, where's the rest of your folks? And, and he said, it's us, you know, just Tim and I were here. And he said, well, IBM was in here, you know, last week and they brought 25 people. I said, well, you know, I don't have 25 people doing nothing. You know, like all of our people are out with customers and doing real work. And, you know, we're here. I said, as you know, even our salespeople are all busy. I came, you know, to do, you know, to represent that, that part of all this. So, you know, these 25 people that you, you know, that don't have anything else to do but sit around the table with you guys at IBM. I mean, it, so to Joe, to your point, we, we would talk to customers like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and then it's like, you know, then, then, you know, Tim would just sort of take over with the domain expertise and with this and with the software demos. And, you know, it was like, we don't need those 25 people, no. do we? No, no fluff. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, the customer base like that. Like that directness, they like the honesty, yeah. and Tim would put put humor and lightness, um, but you know, in a professional way, lightness to a meeting, and people would be drawn into that, and that was just magic in front of customers because they they yep. got the real deal, and he yeah. said, he he presented the real deal in terms of what we were about, and and I think people understood that that uh, we're we're a, we were a team that they could work with and and they yeah. they just were in love with that guy. I, uh-huh. Yeah, you know, I I would generally chime in in terms of of business in general that you know, I've been in business now for for almost 20 years and it feels like in competitive sales situations, especially in technology sales, there has to be a level of trust. But then if it really comes down to it and the products are even, you generally just do business with whoever you like a little bit more. And that was a huge advantage that I think you guys had that a, you liked each other and B you kind of presented something of, you know, it, we certainly hope to win this deal, but if, if life goes on and we don't, we'll still have a great attitude the next place we go to. And I think there was a lot that was attractive about that. Uh, another quick note about uh, Peter, you, you kind of alluded to this, but, but Tim and his, um, presentation and management style was huge for me as an early 30s sales guy to see him go in the room and really think of the people and present to people as humans and individuals and sympathize with what they have to do on a daily basis versus this is just poly production engineer or you know Joe who does decline curves. He truly wanted to understand like what made these people tick, what their actual pain points were, and that little bit extra um, would always sort of sway those competitive deals. So he did very well when he had the opportunity to spend more time with the potential buyer because people would start to buy into him more and more. And I think that was something that I took from him in the, in the time we spent together. Um, Jeremy, yeah. the whole adage of yep. the whole adage of, of sales is you, you, you sell yourself first. In yeah. front of a customer, you know, of course, the, the, the technology has to be wonderful and you have to prove that to him. But right out of the gate, Tim would walk in and he would be he would sell himself immediately. Yeah. And he was not the guy kind of guy that 
would sit there and run his tapes in a demonstration. He would pull right. customers in and ask questions. Ooh, and that absolutely. was magic, you know, and, and, yeah. and with that, he'd sprinkle in a lot of humor with that. So that's, that I'll tell you what, uh, what I found uh, kind of cool when I went to his, his memorial ceremony was the, the interaction, the pictures that they would show of him <clears throat> and his interactions with his family was just the exact person that 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 we would get. I mean, he was a person's person. There was one one time <clears throat> there was a guy from Anadarko, probably not our best hire at the time, but that's not a part of this story. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> Tim, yeah, Tim brings this guy, Tim brings this guy on. And I knew the guy a, as well. And Tim calls me up and says, Hey, look, we brought we brought this guy on. What do you think? I was like, eh, yeah, I, I, I think he'll be a good fit. And at the time, Spotfire gave retention bonus, like a recruiting bonus. It's like fifteen hundred bucks. And he says to me, he says, "Well, since you know the guy and I know the guy, I'll just split this with you." I'm like, "Wait, what?" And first of all, I didn't even know you could do this, and you probably couldn't, but he made it happen. <laughs> and uh, and man, after that, I'm like, "Holy cow, what a person!" And so, yeah. what he did for me after yeah. that, the few times that I did do recruiting bonuses, I did the same thing. It's like, dude, if if it's somebody that you knew that I know, then I'm splitting. Of course, the third time I did that, I got somebody that I shouldn't have. And I was pretty much more thinking about the recruiting bonus than the, uh, and Tim and I looked at each other and said, you know, you know, this is blood money, don't you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you only got $1,500? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> They only gave you $1,500? Yeah, I can't remember what the number was. I just remember, I remember we were 50-50 on it. And uh, and I'm thinking, like, holy cow, this, like, dude, you didn't have to do. And it wasn't going to be one of the things had he had he done that, because it wasn't like the guy and I were like bosom, Tim and I were, but the guy that he brought on, it was, I mean, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But for him to call me up and say that, I was like, man, and do that, it's like, man, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty tight. Uh, me and the motorcycle dealership, thank you for that. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was the kind that was the kind of person he was. So he wasn't one of those guys that just said it, and it's like, oh well, yeah, any, anybody can say that 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 he truly was. And I'm sitting there in the church a couple of weeks ago, and it's like, you know what? I don't even know his political affiliation. I don't like, either. I don't I, either. I, I, I never. I, I, I never. I never knew. And and if I was blind, I wouldn't have even known his ethnic makeup. It's right. like, and, and and honestly, even now I still question it. It's like, yeah, on the outside you look white, but you say a lot of stuff that has me thinking. There's way too much rhythm in your walk to say that you're a white guy. So, uh, if his family would be willing to let me run that on ancestry's DNA, I think my theory would be proven correct there. <laughs> I'd be like, I knew it. No white guy is this suave and smooth and able to woo people like this. He has to be. So. That's a great observation, Joe. But I digress. That that the pictures we saw at his service and the, the smile on his face with all his friends outside of work was exactly the same person yeah. we saw inside of work. That's a, yeah. that's a great observation. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Nothing changed. And that goes back no. to what I was thinking earlier is that so many people now in a professional situation act like it's some kind of war or battle against right. I'm smarter than you or you're smarter than me. And we just didn't have to do that with Tim. Uh, yeah. Just, man. 
I mean, he never even he never even talked down to the Longhorns. I mean, he realized that they were special yeah. needs, but he, <laughs> he talked to those guys like they were not regular people, but sub regular people. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and it's like, man, you're you're speaking to those people. He's like, Joe, everybody needs a little, and so, but yeah, he never. And that was the thing, even with with his rivalries or what have you, man, he never made fun of. It's like. Dude, that's got to be close to perfect. Because again, never heard him make fun of, even with the Aggie Longhorn thing. That that was just this just the kind of guy he was. And so there were times I'd aspire to be like it, but I could only be Tim for about two or three minutes. It's like, no, I can't be that nice for that long. So, <laughs> does anybody know what a tea sipper is? Uh huh. Okay. Well, I don't. He used that term a lot, and I guess he assumed I knew what it was, and I knew it was a backhand. Uh, it's, yeah. the, no, uh, it's not ideal to be called that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Peter, Peter, I remember um, the first time I went to Tulsa, I went with Tim, and I think you were with, you may have still been with Spotfire at the time, but Tim was really excited because you guys had been there before. You'd been there doing business together. You You knew some people. You knew what bars to go to. You guys even drove me around Tulsa a little bit, showed me some of like the nice um, neighborhoods. And it, it was just really, in it, Tulsa? it was fun in Tulsa. It was, it was yeah, really yeah. fun. Yeah. It was really nice. fun just okay. to see like, man, these guys weren't, aren't just like former coworkers. They're friends. Yeah. And, and yeah, for a younger and guy, yeah, yeah. Our, that was cool. We had mugs with our names on them at uh, McNally's. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, I was wondering we, now you have got to be secure in your masculinity when two men put their name on a mug. That that says <laughs> it wasn't the same mug. It wasn't the same mug. mug. It wasn't the same mug. <laughs> that's a, oh okay. I thought it was the same mug. I was gonna say that's a bitch. That's a bitch. So Timmy and Peter. Yeah, yeah. Peter, Peter Hart, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> no, Timmy. Gotta oh, be drink so much beer Timmy. there. Timmy. You got more beer. And I can see they're sitting in a bar with their mugs and two straws and we never touching their heads together. They're sipping their beer. Like, looking at each other in the eye, thinking, dude, I love you, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> Different mugs. Okay, I get it. That makes a lot more sense. Thank you. So, you know, what we did in front of customers is exactly what we're doing now. Oh, yeah. we, right. we would mess with each other in front oh, of customers. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about it was the customer was never let off the hook. So never at any of that oh. point in time where there's a punchline or we say, oh, I was just kidding. I mean, nothing. I mean, you never got off the hook from one of one of our things. It's like, dude, you just oh. walked in. You just walked in a friendly fire. Just take it. And it, trust me, <laughs> it, it, nothing's meant by it. But yeah, sometimes they look in their face. But like you say, Peter, after a while, they're just chuckling along and it's just. Yeah. And it always made it different when you were selling to a customer versus selling to people that you knew. Yeah. And it was right. always the deal was to just make just turn them into people that, you know, and then you can pretty much do and say what you what you want. And even if you miss said something, they'd kind of help clarify things. And yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, it it was it was. I mean, there was times when I'd I'd, I'd watched him in presentations where he'd pretend like to, not to know something, just to get someone to start right. telling them something about what it was that they're doing. And I'm sitting mm-hmm. thinking, okay, now he knows that because we were talking about that on the ride over here. So why is he asking mm-hmm. that question? And boom, before you know it, they start telling you stuff that they normally wouldn't be spilling to mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. 
I remember one time we were on the way home from Bakersfield and uh, we got to the car rental place. And, and the whole time, you know, we're on these trips, we're just like, nee, 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 nee. you know, we're just messing with each other and joking with each other. And uh, so anyway, we were in the rental car bus and it was just me and Tim and one other man who was sitting across from us. And we were just going back and forth and back and forth. And finally, he just looked at us and he goes, you guys remind me of the Gotties," <laughs> <laughs> Which was on the TV at the time. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> man. I remember driving those, those drives to Bakersfield. I love them. Because we would fly into L.A. and then we'd yeah. have like a three-hour drive or something like that to Bakersfield. And we talked the entire uh, time. Every second. And we Every second. And then every time we, we went and came back, when we would cross the San Andreas Fault, we'd throw our hands up in the air and yell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think with, with Energy Navigator, I know that there was a part of him that was left behind. It wasn't easy for him to, to leave, but he, but he had to. And, and as far as, as Navigator, he he really focused on culture first. Like he actually hired, I believe some people who um, had less experience than he probably would have ideally had. Um, but he was more concerned about cultural fit and made a very, very familial fun environment, which led to uh, being more competitive in competitive business deals. So I think that he learned a lot from how much fun he had working with all of you guys and then started to put that in place with Navigator. And then once he left there, he worked with friends again, right? So for him, you could tell how important it was to actually work with people that he liked hanging out with and being friends with, as opposed to just, well, this guy's a great businessman. Like he, he would also think about, he said this to me during our interview process. He goes, I like you. I, I really want to hire you. I'd love to work with you. I'm concerned though, that you might get bored with not having enough products to sell. He would actually think about the person and what could go wrong with them in this role down the road versus his concerns about me. Um, and, and I think did a great job of providing me with, with real self-awareness um, in the, you know, as, as a part of my career, but, you know, from a, from a leadership standpoint, I really enjoyed um, that kind of communication style and his desire to mentor. And everybody else is just leaving. They're going to go celebrate the weekend. I guess they're getting out of here. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, my re my last experience with Tim was mid March of this year. Uh, yeah. He called me out of the blue and said we haven't been together in a while, so we met at a beer bar out, out in Katy. We sat, we had a lot of laughs, and most of them were around. He he got him he got into sour beers, which I absolutely <laughs> detest. So he oh, got sours? around to yeah. sell. Yeah, sours, and he got this whole round sample tray of sours, and he made me try each one, and I got to one, and, and I couldn't swallow it, and he got a big kick out of that, uh, some dill pickle, garlic, sour, nice. it's like, Tim, these names, these words shouldn't even be in the same <laughs> sentence as beer. These things should uh, be on a sandwich, not in a beer, yeah. Thank you, exactly, <laughs> exactly, Joe, and we had a great time, and that was mid-March. And, yeah. and I'm so glad I got to see him then. I, you know, and he didn't have a clue. Yeah. Anything was wrong. Um, so that was my last great experience with Tim. And I got a lot more beer stories to tell. But, um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I was very amazing. grateful to be able to see him and say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you, Laura. Oh, yeah. Huge.
I think the, the thing that I was telling Tim um, when I saw him last, because I don't think he maybe knew this or fully grasped the, the depth, but what an impact he had yeah. on so many people. Yeah. You know, he really did. Um, he was just, he was kind of the glue that's, you know, stuck everybody together. But uh, in, in so many ways, he, he had in, such an impact on so many people. Yeah. And I think much like glue, the other thing that was, that was, I was at his memorial ceremony and I felt pretty reassured from it. Just like glue, it's like, man, you, he left a lot of himself on yes, other people. So sure. it's like, and, and that's why, like, even now it's difficult to even believe that because I hear something or see something that's like, oh man, I'll see it. Matter of fact, I was looking at some of the old <clears throat> Spotify demos and it's like, oh man, yeah, it, it's just, yeah, and he just left a part of himself, no matter no matter where he where he goes. So there's a lot of there's a lot of Tim out there uh, germinating. Um, mm -hmm. That that I don't just just that that spirit will never die, That's and uh, and you can see that in his like I said, you can see that in his in his family. Um, you can see that in his friends. It's like oh, dude, yeah, you left you left everything behind. Yeah, it was a privilege to know him. Yep. It was a privilege to know him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say, um, and I've said this before, this is the, the toughest loss I've experienced personally. Um, it took me a little bit to come to that, but it's true. Um, he's, he, we, we had a really special kinship, as, as obviously all of you guys do and, and did with him. Uh, and I would say no less than 200 people reached out to me to express their condolences, which is to me just wild. Uh, I never would have expected um, that mm -hmm. level of, of outpouring and appreciation for him. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad that people could at least see the, the bond that he, he and I had, which is a bond that you guys had developed even, even years earlier. He just did such a great job, especially in the podcast world, of just making everyone feel so comfortable. Like we have all mm -hmm. different types of people, serious business people, congressmen, people out of work. I mean, we'd have a, just very, very different personalities. And, and the, the constant with Tim is that he would just, it didn't take long. He could just make you feel so comfortable. And this is part of why yeah. he was so great as a sales engineer presenter, because it doesn't take long with him. It could take five minutes, 30 minutes, God forbid, an hour. You spend an hour with that guy, you want to spend another hour with him, right? You're like, well, there's yeah. a lot to him. And uh, mm -hmm. you're absolutely right, Joe. He, he left an amazing uh, amount of, of greatness here with us. And his daughters are freaking awesome. Like they just recorded one of these yesterday and they were absolute stars. They're going to do whatever they want in life and yeah. um you know just his like curiosity and playfulness like i need to remember that in times when i'm getting pissed off or, or struggling with things because he was a very curious and fun guy and uh truly that's one of the things i i will take with me from my time with him any yeah, uh final thoughts that. amongst the group Rock, what were your first impressions of tim when you when you first met him i mean he came in obviously for an interview i suppose but what what what, what did you see in him you know, I think I think we've all touched on it, you know, so you, you had this sort of really interesting combination of domain expertise, technical competence, uh, the ability to connect with people. And, you know, we were when we met people like that in an industry, you know, he was the guy that you're going to put the bet on, you know, like, you know, yeah. he, he's going to be the guy he's going to be the centerpiece of that, because we knew that we had to, you know, it 
you guys have worked in that industry all your lives, you know, your, your professional lives when, you know, coming into it new, it was a really difficult industry to navigate when it came to the organizational structure, finding the right people, Absolutely. finding where the problems were. Uh, it, you know, we had a much easier time in some of the other industries. And Tim was, again, he was the evangelist and he was the guide that we just sort of, you know, rode his back and, and, you know, it, it was, it, it was not a difficult hire. I will tell you that, yeah. you know, yeah. you know we, we met him, we just, you know, said, okay, here's, he gets the software. He has this great self-confidence in himself, you know, let's go do it, you know? So, um, and, you know, we, as you know, we had some, we had some missteps there in the sense of, you know, we were trying to come off of, of pharmaceutical into chemical and didn't really understand exploration in the oil and gas market from the get go. And, and, but he was, our instincts were good because he was the guy that led us there, you know, and, and, and got us to that place where the, we figured out where the, where the, where the bigger opportunities were for the product. So, uh, it wasn't a tough decision. So, you know. Hmm. I will. Uh, I was gonna say. I would say. I would say this for his family that's listening. He definitely was a part of our family. Oh yes. Um, and and so I know they can be proud of that. But as as a family member from us, that anything those guys ever need from any of us, that's right. Uh, for them not to hesitate to reach out and realize that we definitely are an extension of their family and are, are there for them no matter what the need is. And so I'll just put that out there as well. We love them dearly and still do. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, I just, uh, I guess I'll close it down by saying um, to anybody who's listening, whether this is the only episode you ever listen to or you listen to every single moment of the 102 episodes, thank you. You know, Tim and I didn't do this for us. We did this because it was fun and because we thought that it could add value uh, to an industry that we love and care about and a good case, uh, an opportunity to showcase um, people that we're um, friends with and that have made an impact in the space. And, and uh, to close it out with you guys on here, who Tim loved dearly, uh, it, this would put a huge, huge smile on his face. And um, just want to thank everybody who was a, a part of this this podcast. You know, I honestly viewed it almost like fantasy football. Like when I started doing fantasy football when I was 21 years old, I'm like, am I going to be 80 years old when I'm doing fantasy football still? And now I can see a path to maybe that actually could happen. We started this podcast. We started liking it so much that it, it, I honestly think we could have put out like a thousand episodes. You know what I mean? Like it really, it felt like there was that much in, in front of us. So, um, yeah, I just want to thank everybody for, for listening, everybody who came on to be a part of this and, um, who spent time with us. And, you know, of course to Tim's family, you know, nothing but love from, from me and, and the folks on this call, the digital wildcatters family, the entire uh, oil and gas technology, uh, oil and gas industry, um, you know, we're going to be here, right? And we put these episodes so that his spirit could live on. And, uh, and I think we've accomplished that. So big thank you.